In Jesus' name, we have prayed. Heavenly Father, as we go into your word, as we are praying, come and talk to us yourself in the mighty name of Jesus. Exactly what you want us to hear today, Father, establish it in our hearts in the mighty name of Jesus. Let your Holy Spirit flow through in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, we have prayed. Let be seated. God, we make our way when there seems to be no way. He walks the way we cannot see. He will make our way for me. He will be my God. Hold me closely to His Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Pastor. As you all know that this is the season of storm. Only those that are concerned will know what I'm talking about. There are a lot of us that every day when we wake up, we are just thinking of what is going to happen because we are not sure what is going to happen in our working place. So that storm is blowing up and down. Today, because of our time, we will go faster. Please, you have to bear with me. Um, what is the position of God during this type of storm? In the previous storm that we have seen, what is the, how has God um, saw these storms? So, I title my message today, God in the time of storm. God in the time of storm. And we shall be looking at the story, very interesting story, in Acts of Apostles, chapter 27, from verse 1 to 25. We shall be looking at that story. We shall have read everything, but because of our time, we will go straight to the message. I'm sure many of us are aware of this story within this, uh, this chapter. The whole event in that chapter was just like drama. If we have read it before, it's just like drama. But one thing that's sure is that it's shown how God has dealt with some people more than 2,000 years ago. The Bible recorded it that three scores and 16, which is about 276 people. These people found themselves in the midst of storm. And the way God has dealt with it that day, God is still doing that in our midst. The way God has applied His power to deliver those people, God is still going to do it in our life in Jesus' name. I want you to know one thing. No matter how bright the sun may be, there will still be part of the sky that will remain blue. So don't think that you are not passing through any storm. Like the men in that Act 27, one way or the other, these men experienced some stormy period. Similar to that, like those men that have ex- ex- experienced this uh, stormy season, stormy period in their life, you also, you will also have some stormy Season, stormy period in your life. Like this man, our boat had been thrown up and down. The boat of life had been thrown up and down. There are many things that are happening that we can link to storm of life. Maybe it is family disaster, death or disease. Maybe it's financial storm. You have lost your job. These are the storms that we are passing through. Your storm may be in form of depression. That the wind storm is just blowing you up and down. 
And maybe leave you dead in that water. Or feeling that will be overwhelm you or overpower you. All you need to do is to look at the God. Don't rely on your wisdom. Don't rely that, okay, somebody will have to do it for you. You can as well pray. You pray and the storm will be over. The lesson in this um, Act 27 is not primarily that God delivered these men on the sea only. That lesson is also for you and me today. That is why God is delivering us from storm of life. Every day, every time, even as you are walking on the road, there are a lot of storms that are blowing. But God has a way of delivering his choosing one. And I thank God you belong to those choosing one. And God shall continue to take every storm away from us in Jesus' name. Don't misunderstand me. There is no way in your life that storm will not come. It's left for you not to release yourself for that storm. It's for you to focus on the God who is there to sort out the issue for you. Now let's go into this story. This uh, chapter, Acts chapter 27. Let's look at verse 1 and 2. When it was decided that we would sail for Italy, Paul and some other prisoners were handed over to a centurion named Julius who belonged to the imperial regiment. We boarded a ship from Adramitium, about to sail for port along the coast of the province of Asia, and we put out to sea. Aristarchus, a Macedonian from Thessalonica, was with us. Praise the Lord. The first way God works in our life in storming time is by putting the right people in the right place for us. For Apostle Paul, God started with a man named Jairus. I don't know who Jairus is in your life. I don't know what God, who God has chosen for you. But God will always be there. Put somebody like Jairus. And what has Jairus, what has he done to Paul? Praise the Lord. For Apostle Paul, God has started with a man named Julius. Sorry for the. I don't know who Julius was, but I knew he, he, he was a Roman officer. But I know who put him there. He was put there by God to help Paul. Julius was a man who showed favor and kindness to Paul. If you read that story, Paul was a prisoner. But they are crossing from one side to the other. God has already placed somebody there that will help him. Kindness was exactly what Paul required at that point. Because he was passing through some persecution. And God has already shown his favor in his life by putting Julius there to help him. Not only does he save Paul's life later in this chapter, but Vasily tells us that he allowed him to go to his friend. That is the favor of God that Paul received. And then I think, let, let's think about what friend are we talking about in Sidon. We all knew that uh, Paul was a Christian. Definitely, the friend that God has placed there would be a Christian, a fellow Christian. They are believers. As the same God that bed of the same feather flew together. Praise the Lord. 
So, God has placed Julius there to help Paul. Those friends, they were believers because birds of the same feather flocked together. They just happened to stop at Sidon, and Paul just happened to have Christian friends there. This is not a coincidence. So, brethren, I want you to stop believing in coincidence. God is always there, because I don't believe in coincidence. My being here in Oman today is not a coincidence. God has work for me to do, beyond my secular job. You also, you are here, as our team this year, evangelism. God has work for you. It was not a coincidence that you should, we should have that team this year. It's because God wants you to touch the life of some people. God wants you to show His word to some people. So, this year of year of evangelism is not coincidence at all. So, don't believe that something happened coincidentally. God always puts something there to happen. Some other people were with Paul in that ship when they were crossing. As recorded in verse 2, because we have the word we, we bodied. That's a compound word. It's more than one. We bodied. The Bible confirmed that Aristarchus was there, but God put all these people there for Paul during his storming time. Has God put somebody in your life? Has God allowed somebody to stand there for you at the period of your storm? In your stormy season, has God put someone there for you? As for me, God has placed many people there for me. As a testimony within this church, God has placed a lot of people there for me. So also is for you. We have passed through so many stormy seasons. God will definitely put somebody who will chip in one word or the other that will encourage you. Praise the Lord. He has put people in your life that are always there for you. And this is how God works. Then I want to ask this question. Have you been put, at, put in somebody's life? And what impact have you made in such life? It should not be only bring, bring, bring. Also, there should be take, take, take. If God has placed you for someone, what impact have you made? Is it positive or negative? Have you tried to run people down? Or have you tried to elevate people? So, brethren, I want you to take heart. When the life gets coming, just look around you. God is placing somebody there. For many of us that are passing through the storming season, because of what is happening in the world right now, especially in the oil industry, look around you. God already placed somebody there for you. Somebody is encouraging you, God will do it. That is Julius. Someone is praying along with you, then don't worry, God will do it. Don't misunderstand. Sometimes when God says it's over, there's nothing you can do. He has another assignment for you. The life must go forward. Don't think that you are in the storm, that the, the wind of storm has taken you away. Because you are not able to get the job. No. Our God is not dead. And is not deaf. He's there. Like we have heard, in his own time, he makes everything beautiful. You cannot force yourself. Even if you fast 72 days, when God says it's over, it is over. It's not that you have been consumed with that storm. It shows the favor of God in your life. Believe it or not, we need each other at this time of the storm. We need each other. 
And God will not abandon us or leave us alone. That is the strong indication. It has happened too many times that God has put the right people there for me in my life. And I'm sure the same thing has happened in your life as well. God will put people in our life at the right time and at the right place. And these are the people that will make us strong and stronger and stronger. Irrespective of whatever you are passing through, brethren, relax your mind. God is there for you. There are a lot of brethren here that their name should have been included. Please, because of this and that, this, we should release this brother. But I'm telling you, brethren, somebody is there saying no. Let us still give him some chance. People you don't even know, like Julius, God has placed them for you. And that is God for you. Meanwhile, like I said, you cannot force yourself. Another way that God deals with storm is that He will warn us. God will give warning. If God is saying it's over in your job, and you say you want to remain, you find a crooked way to get to remain. I hope you will not explain the kind of storm that the colleagues of Paul went through when they did not listen to the warning. So God will always warn us. We will give warning. Let's look at uh, verse 7 to 10. We made slow headway for many days and had difficulty arriving off Nidos. When the wind did not allow us to hold our course, we sailed to the Lee of Crete, opposite Salmon. We moved along the coast with difficulty and came to a place called Fair Havens, near the town of Lassia. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Read ahead, brother. Much time had been lost, and sailing had already become dangerous because... By now, it was after the Day of Atonement. So Paul warned them. So Paul warned them. Men, I can see that our voyage is going to be disastrous and bring great loss to sheep and cargo and to our own lives. That was the warning. Sometimes we might be headed for a storm. We don't even see. In case of these people, God put Paul in their lives to warn them that trouble was coming if they don't turn back. No wonder the writer of Proverbs says, the will of fools seem right to him. But a wise man listening to advice, Proverbs twelve fifteen says that. I thank God for the people in my life who have warned me. And I thank God on your behalf as well. For people that God has placed in your, in your life. Just a second, just one second warning. And you heed to that warning. Can save you. So many times our spouses have been the, 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 the warner that God has placed in our life. Your wife has advised you. My dear, let us do it this way. And you agree. It's the warning listening to so we need to be vigilant when we are getting the red signal, when the warning is being given, just to avoid the coming storm. God always put one to monitor us. This one will always be there to draw our attention to the to the storm that is coming on our way. If you look at the young ones today, especially the teenagers, the parents used to give warning, don't do this, don't do that. But to them, my mother, my father is an old-fashioned. They don't want to listen. Children, I'm talking to you directly. When your parent is giving you warning, 
if you are one not to move with bad group, it's not that your, your, your mother or your father has experienced it, but they have seen people who have moved with bad group and they know the result. They have not directly experienced that. If they are telling you, don't move with this group, don't move with that group. You want to go to party? You want to go to so many places? And your parent is telling you, no, you don't do that. And you are looking at your parents as parents of 16th century. This is 21st century. This is computer age. This is jet age. Please, heed to the warning. These people in this story, they refuse to listen to Paul. They completely refuse to listen to Paul. And you know the funniest thing? Let's look at verse 11 to 13. Because they ignored Paul's advice. But the centurion, instead of listening to what Paul said, followed the advice of the pilot and of the owner of the ship. Since the harbor was unsuitable to winter in, the majority decided that we should sail on, hoping to reach Phoenix and winter there. This is a harbor in Crete, facing both southwest and northwest. When a gentle south wind began to blow, they saw the opportunity, so they weighed anchor and sailed along the shore of Crete. Praise the Lord. Two mistakes were made. There. The first is in verse 11. He followed the advice of Espart. I'm sure today if we are in a, in a near craft, and somebody was making noise that this plane will not go, that is, this is going to happen, bad thing will happen. Many of us, we will prefer that the issue is sorted out before we fly. In case of these people, that's why the fact that Paul has warned them, they did not listen. The centurion made the mistake of listening to the expert rather than the God's spokesman. They all knew that Paul was God's spokesman. But they refused. And the second is in verse 12. He followed majority rule. Sometimes democracy may not be the right thing because majority carry the day. And majority may be wrong. Majority may be wrong. And that's exactly what happened in this story. I, I, I will give you an, an example of majority that may be wrong. Twelve men went into the land of Canaan to spy it. Ten came back. And they gave negative report. We all know that story. They said they are a giant in the land. We look like grasshopper to them. There is no way we can beat them. But Joshua and Caleb has a different report. Because of what? Because they know who is behind them. So when they look at the land, instead of giant warrior, they saw a mighty God. A mighty God who can do anything behind them. So those are the mistakes that these people make. Look over this history of Israel and look at various disasters that have happened. You will discover that uh, majority at times, they go this side, while the man of God will be at this side. And what happened at the end of the day? Disaster. The same way, when God is warning, there is need for us to heed to that warning. Now, if you look at what happened in this story, the leadership of that ship, they decided to go with majority and to listen to experts. And what does that tell us about leadership of God's people today? Thank God we have gotten away from dictatorial style that we never seen before. Now democracy is 
majorly everywhere in the world. Apart from some few places. Sometimes, as leader, it's good to carry your people along with you. But there is need for you. There is that need for you always to ask from God. The direction of God. Should we go ahead? Should we do this? Brethren, I'm telling you, God still speaks to people. He speaks. All you need to do is to be very, very vigilant. I'm not saying as a leader that you become dictatorship. But as you listen to your followers, at the same time, you have to consult God. So that when the warning comes, you will know. But these people, they neglected every warning that had been given to them. Because they have followed the majority, um, majority rule. So they ignored, they ignored the legitimate voice of God. So as we are going through all these some brethren, I want you to know that you need to listen whether this is the right time to move ahead or to sit, pray, and pray to God. Hallelujah. Let's shout hallelujah. hallelujah. I don't want you to sleep. If not, I will ask you to shout hallelujah if you are sleeping. Praise God. Now, the story of the Israelites, just a diversion. Let's go back to the sheep. Because I think some, some things that we need to learn from this sheep. Take a look at verse 14 to 15. Before very long, a wind of hurricane force called the Northeaster swept down from the island. The ship was caught by the storm and could not head into the wind. So we gave way to it and we were driven along. They even surrendered. As we, as we passed to the lee of a small island called Calder, we were hardly able to make the lifeboat secure. So the men hoisted it aboard. See? Now they are in trouble. That is the result of disobedience. That is the result of disobedience. Paul has warned them, now the storm has come. To the extent that they have even given up. Let's keep to verse 18 to 19, brother. We took such a violent battering from the storm that the next day they began to throw the cargo overboard. You can see lost. On, Not... the, on the third day, they threw the ship's tackle overboard with their own hands. Now, because they have disobeyed the voice of God, now they are within the storm is now battering them. Number one, they already surrendered their life. They have surrendered, as we are seeing verse fourteen to twenty or to fifteen. Now in eighteen to nineteen, they begin to lose their ghost. If they are had they known now become part of their uh, their life. Had we known we should have stayed, that's what many of them will be saying. Is now a dino for each and every one of them. Because they have to throw away their things. They could not even see. So many things is happening in their life. Brethren, see the handwritten. When God is saying, move ahead. The storm will not swept free away. It won't. God will not allow that to happen. All you just to believe is that you have next assignment. Ask God to show you the next assignment that He wants you to go through. Sometimes God uses storm just to draw our attention. You might be far from God, and God requires your attention. The only thing He can do is to use storm. Because when the storm hits you, there are a lot of us here that just ordinary day, we immediately remember that God is there, we should pray to God. Immediately we will remember. There are a lot of us here, the moment they say in the office that we need to dance ice cream, 
It is then he will call pastor. Pastor, please pray for me. Many have never called pastor for anything before. Now, because of the storm, and that is why I said, God can use storm to draw your attention back to him. When the storm hits you and your life is thrown upside down, that is when we start thinking about what's really important. You have, if you have not experienced any difficulties in your life, you are saying you are very wise. Who is your teacher? Everything has been very good for you. You have never experienced any storm. You believe you are wise. No. It is when you experience storm that you will learn from it. They say experience is the best teacher. That is when you are able to grasp exactly what that experience is telling you. Praise the Lord. So, when the storm hits you, all you need to do is to come closer to God. Brethren, don't wait till the storm hits you. Be vigilant. Have a discerning spirit that will enable to tell you exactly when the storm might come. When you have the spirit of God, your spouse might be the one that will warn you. You might be the one that will warn your spouse that I perceive this will happen if we do this way. Please don't neglect the warning. Sometimes God will use that storm to make sure that we clear all the backlogs that we have. There are some things in our life that we need to throw away. There are some things that we need to release. When the storm comes, quickly you confess yourself before God. And I pray, whenever the storm comes and those things you are doing, that you yourself feel that they are wrong before God. And I pray that you shall never go back to it in Jesus' name. The good thing is that when this storm comes, God is always there. He will place somebody there that will help you out. Sometimes it gets closer. Things come together that there are so much unimportant things in our life. There are so much useless things. There are so many things that in the first place we don't even supposed to have that or we're supposed to be there. When God sees all these things that surround you, things that can take the blessing away from you, Things that will not allow God to bless you the way He has promised to bless you. Things that, will, that can prevent you from going to the kingdom of God, from inheriting the kingdom of God. God will place some in your life to draw your attention. By that, you will come back. All you need to do is that you have to ensure that whenever the storm is in place, ensure that you allow God to take charge. Not just part of the situation, the whole situation. Allow God to take charge. Don't think that you can do it alone. Do not submit to the storm. Don't submit at all. Let's look at verse 20. When neither storm nor stars appeared for many days, and the storm continued raging, they finally gave up all hope of being The people in the, in, in, in the ship with Paul, they gave up. They gave up hope. They have lost hope. Because for so many days, they have been battered by the storm. So what are you passing through? You are not on the high sea. Whatever be the storm of your life, God is ready to be there for you. All you need to do is to allow him to take charge. Don't be like a coward that died before they are dead. Allow God to take full charge of everything. And that is the only way you can get out of the storm. If you are trying to do it yourself, just like these people, they were trying to sort things out themselves. But at a point, as recorded in verse 20, they lost the hope. 
That means they are ready to die. But there is good news. There is good news. Even for you, there is good news. Brother and sisters, irrespective of the situation you are passing through, you listen to what Paul said about this storm that was battering them. Paul gave them good news. And I'm assuring you also, when you allow God to take charge, there is what? Good news. Now, let's see the good news. Verse 21 to 22. After they had gone a long time without food, Paul stood up before them and said, Men, you should have taken my advice not to sail from Crete. Then you would have spared yourselves this damage and loss. But now I urge you to keep up your courage, because not one of you will be lost. Only the ship will be destroyed. Last night, an angel of the God to whom I belong and whom I serve stood beside me and said, Do not be afraid, Paul. You must stand trial before Caesar. And God has graciously given you the lives of all who stay with you. So keep up your courage, men, for I have faith in God that it will happen just as he told me. Nevertheless, we must run aground on some island. Praise the Lord. Brethren, Paul gave them warning. Maybe Paul, they might be thinking that Paul was not having what the, those people that predict weather, what they call them? Meteorologists. Yeah, meteorologists. Maybe they are thinking that Paul did not have that kind of instrument. And they refused to heed to that warning. But tell me, with this good news, immediately all of them, many of them will repent and they will prefer to worship the God of Paul. Because initially Paul has warned them. And now God has come back with good news. One thing that was right there is that, do you know they fast? They fasted because there was no food for so many days. Maybe if you, if you read that story forward, you will discover that they have food. Because Paul was later advising them to eat. They could not eat because of the situation they were passing through. Now, God sent the angel. Isn't a good timing for them when they were losing hope? He could have sent the angel earlier. Or he could have even sent it a week before. He could have told Paul before he ever stepped into the boat. Hey, you are going to have a shipwreck, but everyone is going to be fine. I'm sure many will still not follow that, if that had been given from before. But because God wants to show how mighty His power is, He released the instruction one after the other. So the good news for us is that the God is there for us. And we, we make that way when there is no way. Where we are thinking that everything is over, God will intervene in our situation. But you need the signing spirit. Is it the right time to move ahead? Or should I stay back? You ask for God to interpret that for you. That you required. In the case of these people, Paul has given them the good news. They have done everything humanly possible to make sure that they deliver themselves. But still they could not. Until verse 22, where they have lost hope. And the good news came. Now let's look at verse 23. Okay, which uh, we are brothers read also. Last night an angel of God, whose am, I am and whom I serve, stood beside me. And said, do not be afraid, Paul. Praise the Lord. Do not be afraid, Paul. You must stand trial before Caesar. And God has graciously given you the life of all who sail with you. They are very lucky. God has placed Paul in their life. 
I pray that at this stormy season, the Paul that is required in your life, you will know that Paul in Jesus' name. And the glory of God will reveal in, his, in your life in the mighty name of Jesus. Do you know that God won't save you from the storm in your life until you have given hope? You have given up hope. And that's exactly what happened to these people. They have lost hope. But at that point, God intervened. All you need to do is that let God know that the battle is for him, not for you. And when you leave that battle for God, you will never lose hope. You will never lose hope. And God will intervene for you. Praise the Lord. Like in the book of Romans 8, 31 says, If God be for us, who can be against us? Irrespective of what type of battle, what type of storm that you are passing through, leave everything to God. And once it's behind you, His will will come to pass over you. Paul told this man about the angel. He told them that they were going to be saved. And then he made this statement, which I see is the most courageous statement in that chapter. Let's look at verse 25. So keep up your courage, men, for I have faith in God that it will happen just as he told me. You see, he told them that they have to keep their courage. Because it will happen as God has told him. You can imagine immediately they will believe. Because he warned them from the beginning. And they will know that yes, not on his own. God has told him that there will be storm. And he has passed that message across. But brethren, they refuse to listen. Now again he is assuring them that it will happen as God has told him. Whatever you are passing through in your life, brethren, leave the battle for God. All you need to do is to release everything to God. Allow your mind to rest. Because when you keep thinking of the situation at moment, today, this time, you are waiting for what your spouse is going to tell you when he returns from office, whether the storm is swiping you away. No, all you need to do is to relax. I will tell you this story. Years ago, a farmer owned some livestock. This farmer has constantly advertising for higher hand, people that can help him. Most people were reluctant to work on the farm. Why? Because in the location of that farm, there is always dreadful storms that rage across that area. So many lives have been lost in that place. Meanwhile, as this farmer was interviewing people, all what he met is refusal. Even giving them, um, giving them more salary. Still, they were refusing. Finally, a short man and a tiny man. He's not muscular, very slim. Of a middle age, approached the farmer. Are you a good farm hand? That's what the, uh, the farmer asked him. The farmer asked him. You know what his response is? He said, well, I can sleep when the wind is blowing. Answered the little man. Is that type of man qualified to do that job? We are talking of livestock. And livestock. And uh, somebody said he can sleep when the wind is blowing. That means he may not take care of the livestock. Although possible by, the ans- by this answer, the farmer desperately in need for help, hire him. The little man walked all around every time. He walked, he overworked, that the farmer was also impressed about this man. So one night, the wind howled loudly, and not one of the storms was coming. 
you can hear the sound, you can hear the, the feeling that the storm is coming. The owner of the farm jumped up from his bed, carried his lantern, and walked straight to this man to see what is happening. The man was sleeping. He was not bothered. Then the owner of the farm said, wake him up. Can't you hear this, this storm coming? He simply told him, did you interview me? I told you that I can sleep when the wind is blowing. Why are you disturbing me? Please don't disturb me. Okay. The man decided in his heart that he's going to fire him immediately. But there's no need to waste time now. You need to go back to the livestock and see how secure that place was. To God be the glory when this man got back to the barn. Where all these livestock are. Everything are well in order. The shutter have been pulled down. Everything has been arranged. All the doors are closed. Everything are in order. Then it was then the farmer realized that, oh, that is why this man said, when the wind blows, he sleeps. What I'm telling you, brethren, is that leave everything for God. So that when the wind is blowing, you can sleep. But you are not just leaving it for God. You need to play your own part. You need to play your own part. I hope you are ready for the storm when it comes. I'm not saying if it comes. When it comes. Every one of us will go through storm in our life. Your storm will not be the same thing as my storm. Whatever storm you are passing through now, let's believe that we are serving a living God. All you need to do, when you pray, that is what you need to do. When you pray to God, you are like that man, because you have done your own work, that sleeps when the storm is blowing. You are like him. So all you need to do is to pray. And commit everything to God. Even when the storm has not come, you keep praying. You protect yourself. That will allow you to sleep with your two eyes closed. Even when the sign of the storm shown up. So like I said, every one of us, we go through storm in our life. Our storms will not be the same. Don't think that what is happening in my life is what is going to happen in your life. No. It will not be the same. And when this storm comes, I hope you trim the sail. I hope you dump the cargo. There are some things that are weighing you down. There are some things that is not allowing your prayer request to go unto God. There are some things that is following you up and down, that is drawing you down. Those are the cargo that you need to drop into the sea when the storm the storm is blowing. So all this you need to drop them. When you do everything humanly possible to deal with that storm, and then just wait and see what God will do. You have played your own part. It's you that will drop your own sin, those cargo in your life. It's you that will only drop it. It's not God that will drop it for you. These are the things that can bring you down. That may allow the storm to take you away. These people, they lost the cargo. All their cargoes, they lost it. If you read from, I stop at verse 25, but if you read that story further, you will see how they were fully delivered. But as Paul said, that none of them we die. And it was so. So whatever storm you are going through in life, brethren, I believe that God is there for you. Amen. Allow him to do his own part. Why you play your own part? By dropping every cargo, every attachment, every load that is drawing you back. Everything that you think we allow you to sink with the sheep. You need to drop them. Brethren, 
As we are passing through difficulty time, I pray that God will give you the spirit to discern, to identify the voice of God. That this storm is for me to get closer to God. This storm is to tell me that I have to move ahead. If you pray, don't think that God is not answering your prayer. He is there answering your prayer. You call upon him as he has said, he's there to answer you. And God will deliver us from every storm in the mighty name of Jesus. In close, you need to ask God to deliver you from storm. And then believe that God will fulfill his promise and deliver you from the every storm of life. If you give it unto God, and you are still a doubting one, you are still doubting whether God can do it or not, that's part of the, of the cargo. Brethren, I pray that God will give us the Spirit to fully release everything in our life that may not allow us to sail through. This coming season is over already. I said it's over. Amen. Don't look at what news are saying. Don't look at the situation in your office. Don't look at what people are saying. Just like the storm during the time of Paul was over. Because God has assured them. I'm assuring you, brethren, that the storm in our life is over. May God bless his word in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Let's be on our feet and bless Jesus for the word today. Somebody bless him, give him thanks and praise. We are not hopeless. God is still in the midst of his people doing great and mighty things. Come on, celebrate him. Bless him for the word, give him thanks and praise. Lord, we thank you for your word today. Blessed be your name. We thank you. We thank you, Lord. Blessed be your name. I'm not hopeless. Thank you, Jesus. What is happening notwithstanding. I'm not hopeless. Blessed be your name, Jesus. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Blessed be your name. In Jesus' mighty name. Hallelujah. I'd like us to open our Bibles in closing to Acts chapter 14. What a word from heaven today. I was asking when the man of God was preaching. He said, God in the midst of storm. Very big question. So where is God in the midst of every storm? God is in two places. In the midst of every storm. One, is in heaven. Two, he's with you. <laughs> Praise God. Where is God? God, where are you? In heaven. Clear. Two, with you. So, you are not hopeless. Amen. Verse 17, Acts 14. Nevertheless, he left not himself without witness. In that he did good. This week, God will do you good. And gave us rain from heaven. And fruitful seasons. Filling our hearts with food and gladness. That's where God is in the midst of every storm. God is doing good. God will do good with your life. Don't worry about the storm. Amen. Don't worry about the storm. You are not hopeless. We are not hopeless. God is with us. How many believe that God is with them? Amen. I'd like you to sing that song that brother sang. Your name is Yahweh. Because all you need is a miracle, really. In the center of your storm, all you need is a miracle, really. And this week, that miracle will appear for you. That miracle will show up for you. 
In the name of Jesus. Your name is Yahweh. Your name is Yahweh. You're the miracle walking God. Your name is Yahweh. Your name is Yahweh. Your name is Yahweh. You're the miracle walking God. Your name is Yahweh. Oh, your name is Yahweh. Yahweh. You're the miracle walking God. Your name is Yah. The storm came against the disciples, and Jesus was in the ship sleeping. And said, Master, Master, care not that we perish. Jesus said, All you need is a miracle. And Jesus rebuked the wind, and there was a great calm. Amen. And Jesus said, As my Father has sent me, even so send I you. That means whatever I have done, go and do likewise. I like you to rebuke every contrary storm in your life. One second. Lord, this storm must not go out of this service with my life. This storm must be still today. Are you praying? Lord Jesus, I rebuke this storm today. Be still in the name of Jesus. I rebuke this storm of sickness, this storm of disease, this storm that is tearing my family in the face and threatening to put us to shame. Lord, nevertheless, you left not yourself without a witness. You are a God that does miracles. You are the God that performs all things for me. And many such things are with you. This storm must be still in my life. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. I see Jesus stretching forth his hand now. He pulled Peter out of the water. The contrary wind and the boisterous tempest could not swallow him. That same Jesus is pulling you out today. In the name of Jesus, this week your destiny helper will show up. This week, the man that God has sent to pull you out of that storm, he will appear in your case. In the name of Jesus, so shall it be. Lord, we thank you for your son that you have used today. We pray that more revelations shall be shown to him in the days ahead. In the name of Jesus. So that he will take us deeper in your word and reveal fresh truth unto us. In the name of Jesus. Lord, we pray for your servant and his family all the way from Scotland. You brought them here safely. We decree you take them back safely. Lord, we pray for them. Fresh oil, fresh grace to see days of greater glory in life and ministry and find fulfillment on every side. In the name of Jesus. Lord, that word concerning this church, that the Lord will use us mightily for His glory in this land, shall come to pass before our very eyes. In the name of Jesus, as we go, we go in your name, and we go in your power. We are returning with testimonies this week. Shall be a great week for everyone. The long-awaited good news is coming this week. We are breaking forth on every side. We are making progress in life. Every storm is still in the name of Jesus. The Lord that is mighty, the Lord mighty in battle, He will show up for you this week in the name of Jesus. So shall it be. Thank you, Father. Blessed be your name. In Jesus' mighty name we have prayed. Let's share the grace in fellowship. Now may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit, be with us now and forevermore. Amen. Surely, God's goodness and mercy shall follow us all the days of our lives, and we shall dwell in the presence of the Lord forever and ever.
Amen. God bless you. Go in peace. Evangelism and glory. We are still exiting through this way. Amen. God bless you. Have a great week ahead.